Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. During the Tour de France, for some fun after a long day watching the pros, I like to jump on Zwift. Matthew Vanderpool, Anna Vanderbregen, and Garant Thomas all have a training program that highlights their strengths, and each of the workouts is about 40 minutes. The good thing is, you can do their fun is fast training program as a beginner or experienced rider. It's all based on your power output. To train like the best in the world, it's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, gee, what a big two weeks we've had. Must say, I'm enjoying this rest day. Yeah. Slept in. Oh, you know, got up. And you know what? I'm fully vaccinated. Done oh, it this morning. <laughs> good on you. Good on you. Nah, but, yeah, you I know what? Good on you. Yeah, it's good, okay. You're doing your bit. Let's get all political. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, but I will be as Actually, soon as I not, get home. There's not even a debate. So yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, well done. Good job. Let's talk about cycling. Uh, the stage yesterday was always going to be an appetizer for the, for the, the Pyrenees. And boy, we got... A really good appetizer <laughs> because the stage was explosive. We had a good breakaway and a winner that we not necessarily expected, Kuss. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Look, he's um, he probably wouldn't have got his chance if Roglic was still in the race uh -huh. and you know on, on the form that we expected. So for Sepp Kuss, this was a big opportunity, and probably really we should have we we should have thought about it a bit closer. Yeah. And and uh, realise that you know that he was a potential stage winner because we know he can climb, and the way he actually demolished that breakaway group was pretty impressive, wasn't it? In in the last attack as well, the way he actually demolished Valverde. Yeah. And Valverde is not a small person on the mountain. He's no, actually a very no, good no. climber. Yeah. But he, he and he looked easy. He looked easy in that climb uh, compared to someone like Valverde that was hurting. But the 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 group itself was also hurting and but let, let's go just one second and take a second to talk about Sepkus. Mm. Uh, first American to win a stage at the Tour de France since 2011. Um, wow, so 10 years. It's 10 years. You and I had a, a little chat of, of Mike on this means a lot for the whole industry of cycling, not yeah. just for the US because whether you like it or not, the US is a massive part of cycling around the world yeah and this is a positive news for the, the the u.s cycling industry yeah yeah for the u.s cycling industry and the industry in general because it's this it's that flow-on effect and you think back to and dare i say it that guy who we allegedly won seven tours and can't be named here <laughs> <Can't> be named. <laughs> oh it's not can't won't be named, won't here. Be named. <laughs> yeah and but that whole era and you know for good or bad what it did do was the industry boomed in America. Bike sales went up. Bike companies were investing more. Bike companies were sponsoring. Um, bike races were being held. Um, you know, there was a lot of bike races being held. Cycling was cool again. Yeah, and it was booming and it was getting more young kids into cycling. So we all know that flow and effect. But then, you know, what it also did, it spread out across the globe. And America is a big player in any sport, in any context, context because there's 300 million people. Yeah. So if we can get cycling sort of back on the radar in society, 
in in America, then we all benefit from because this. Because let, let's let's think that, and let's hope that that news of a stage win at the Tour de France, first one in ten years, let's hope it make the news in the US. Yeah, that's and right. if that makes the news bulletin, it makes it into the newsroom. Then we talk about cycling again in the US, which yeah. probably wasn't the case for the last ten years, and, realistically. And yeah, and maybe you have now you know a couple of corporates who they sort of have a faint interest in cycling. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's all right. And then an American wins. They get excited. And, yeah. you know, we all know there's plenty of people like Jerry Ryan from Jayco Caravans, you know, the owner of Bike Exchange. And Jerry's investment we've talked about in Australian cycling for a long, long time now, almost 30 years or it is 30 years. He's, it's his passion. And Jerry has said it, you know, to, to sort of not quote him word for word, but along the lines of he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have the passion for cycling. And he said... It's the individuals that I've met yeah. along the journey that keep me involved because he, he, he loves the camaraderie. He loves the individuals that are involved and the characters in, in Australian cycling. And that's why he's, you know, kept involved. And the more he's kept involved, Jerry has become, he is a big part of the family, yeah. of the cycling family. He is sort of the family, if you like. And it's important to him, you know, yes, he wants some... some um, financial rewards yeah he wants but, the financial reward yeah. he wants to see some return on investment but let's face it, it it's more about you know what he likes to get out of it personally yeah, absolutely. And, and that's it's important let's listen to Sepkus. yeah it's incredible i'm i'm lost for words um to be honest i was really suffering a lot in this tour uh, i just didn't feel uh like i had the um, the the spice <laughs> in the legs, and uh, today I, I I knew it was finishing uh, yeah, where I where I live, uh, and and I was really motivated for the stage, and uh, finally I had uh, really good legs again, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm so happy. And my my girlfriend and her family they were on the final climb cheering me on, and uh, yeah I also want to say hi to my parents back home because I haven't seen them in a long time. And uh, yeah, I know they're always supporting me. So my my family of, of uh, Spain and and my family back home in the U.S. So that's Sepkus. Uh, interesting what he says as well that he won in his playground. So we can focus a little bit that pretty much everyone leaves or has got a foot somewhere in Andorra. But he hasn't seen his his parents also for for a while. So it's also mean that these guys are normal and live some sort of normal life that is disrupted for everyone around the world. Yeah. So very good message for him to, to say this. And yes, they, they pretty much all live in and around this area. Yeah. I think uh, the uh, Alaphilippe in the last descent, actually, he went, went in front of his front door. Oh, really? The last descent was oh, in wow. front of his front door. So yeah, now, yeah, now I, know, I know two, three, four kilometers where Alaphilippe lives. Oh, right, right. Now, <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I reckon he I might, just, I might just message him to put an AVO out. He doesn't some know crazy, what's coming. Some crazy Frenchman. <laughs> You'll be hiking up a climb. Hello, knocking on doors. Julien, Julien. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's already stressed. Um, hey, let's just chat about Valverde. Second yeah. on the stage. We thought for a second that maybe he might catch Kuss on the descent. In the end, actually, Sepp Kuss descended as good, if not better. A beautiful descent by Sepp Kuss. Oh, yeah, that, wasn't it? A... For a guy who looks, he's so skinny and yeah. sort of lanky, Kuss, he, he actually, yeah, it was a brilliant descent. But Valverde, here's a bit of a stat for you. of In terms of age and riders that have made, like oldest riders that have made a position on the podium yeah. in a stage at the Tour de France, 
he's the oldest oh, that have okay. finished on the podium in a stage of the Tour de France. So he's 41, I think, um, and so many days. And then there's a list and Jean Robic, mm. one of our faves that we've been talking about from back in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he was 40. And of course, Raymond Poulidor, I think was 40. 40, 40 when he retired, yeah. But Valverde is officially, I believe, <laughs> the oldest guy to finish on the podium. Like the guy is I've got a question actually. I've got a question about Valverde because I think uh, Robbie mentioned it in a, in a comment. And because it's Robbie, I didn't know if he was just a joke or just <laughs> a real comment. Um, but he mentioned something uh, a few days ago about Valverde saying, the guy has been so long on his bike that he doesn't need to train as much as the others because no. his body has just turned into, this is normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is like this, he'll, he'll is this one of the key of the success? The fact that he, he actually doesn't have to train that as hard as others so he can stay to a relatively good level? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean... So that wasn't a joke, first of all? Yes. No, no, <laughs> it's... Uh, it was a joke. Or no, was it wasn't a joke. Oh, no, 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 no. I think, um, look, there's probably a little bit of that, but it's the fact, yeah, he's been riding so long. He was, he is a class bike rider and at his absolute prime, he was the best in the world. Um, uh, world, so yes, world champion. It's only natural that, um, you know, Valverde, yeah. I mean, there's, there's this talk and I've heard it from Intel in Spain, from Spaniards who I've worked with. Uh, he comes from Murcia or Murcia, um, below sort of Valencia, the Valencian region, he goes out training with the, the group rides. Yeah. He doesn't do, he doesn't train to watts. There's no real science behind his training. He'll just go out in the group rides and they'll smash each other and yeah. they'll all try and keep up with him. <laughs> and he just, he just, he obviously loves riding his bike. Yeah, I heard he's, yeah, he's, he's turning up to the local club wherever yeah. he is and just he's go for He's just rides. a regular Joe. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll probably, the day he probably retires, He'll probably ride four hours a day. Yeah. And the day he doesn't, he'll probably get arthritis. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's, and I'll so sort he, of say it half serious. He might as well not stop. Yeah. I mean, it's look like it's like Laurent Jalabert. Yeah. Jalabert, from what we know, uh, one of my mates, one of my work colleagues who you know, French guy, who... Um, Are your allegedly best French friend? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's a fraud because he's half English. Um, but... Um, he he knows Jalabert and has a bit to do with him. And he, yeah, he trains a house down, apparently, like crazy. <laughs> he's now doing triathlons. He did Hawaii, I think, when he first yeah, retired. Yeah, yeah. And he's got to be, Jalabert's got to be up into his 50s. Mid 50s. Mid 50s, yeah. Have to be. Follow him on social media. It's actually quite uh, incredible in terms of training what uh, Jalabert oh, yeah, is putting up. And let's go back to the race. Uh, let's talk about this little group that went away uh, before we concentrate on Pogacar and actually the, the top 10. But. This group was quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, Alaphilippe was in there. Godu was in there. Uh, Nibali. Nibali was in there. They, it was an awkward sort of group. It was probably awkward in the sense that it probably would have been hard to pick Ooh, yeah. who would have been in this group. Yeah. But you actually, you actually did well. I Paul, did Paul's all right. I did all right. Tomo, Tomo won the day because he, he picked Nato Quintana. Yeah, Quintana. Another one in there. Quintana was sixth on the stage. I mean, just I'll just flick off a few more names. Well, Poles, third in the stage. Yoni Zagira. Um, Nilsson Paulus. Yeah, Philippe. Yeah, like Dan Martin. Mm. Like, it was a proper, proper, you know, it was a potentially a GC group of guys. Michael Woods. Yeah, in another in another day. So, Dylan Tynes, Kenny Alessandra. So, and then uh, Wout Van Aert was there, but he got dropped and got caught by the uh, yellow jersey group in the end. Um, ben O'Connor, he had a ripper. Yep. He showed fight and 
He was attacking off the front, getting dropped off the back. So he wasn't in on. that group, Benokono. He wasn't in that. He was with the yellow jersey. Yes, sorry. Benokono, yeah, yeah, the yellow jersey group. Um, yes, um, but he was. He wasn't prepared to just ride in and ride on time. Yeah, and I, um, as much as it may have worked or it might work to his detriment, Ben. Um, let's hope he, he doesn't go as crazy in the Pyrenees. Yeah. So if we look at this, this group in the yellow jersey, we had Pogacar, but pretty much we had almost the top 10 and Guillaume Martin got dropped at some point, which honestly yeah. wasn't a real surprise. No, he, like he, said you said, he went deep. Yeah, he, you said during the stage that he's not going to feel... It. I remember you actually vividly saying he's not going to go super well in this because he's, he went so deep the day before. Yeah, and so to put it in context... He has, he lost four minutes. Yeah. Which I'm disappointed for him, actually. I would have loved to have seen him. But, he, he, but you know, two step forwards, one step backwards. Yeah. He, he jumped, in two days, he jumped back in that top 10. Yeah. Uh, where he wasn't before. So yeah, yeah. it's two step forward, one step backward. Yeah, so not, yeah. Not and, and uh, if he didn't do that, he, yeah. he'd still be back where he is. Yeah. So that's right. It was, no, but that was, a, that, look, that was pretty good by him. Um, and Let, the, Let's talk about uh, Ben O'Connor. And yep. first, before we talk about him, let's listen to Ben O'Connor. Uh, I wouldn't have thought uh, I'd still be up there with the best guys. I mean, I always say I try my best, and uh, I was lucky just to just to hold on to that. And it looked like you epitomised that old Bernardino adage that when you're feeling at your worst, that's when to attack because you're out of the back, and then you came straight through and you attacked for that shot. I was actually just trying to get a head start, just in case they accelerated, and. Uh, yeah, then I get dropped again. So I was just trying to get a head start each time and and maybe if they looked at each other for another 30 seconds, I could have a, a gap and I could go my own pace rather than uh, trying to follow. We saw the wind on the on Valera, Ben, that it was really wreaking havoc. And was it a big factor all day? Yeah, yeah, it was really windy. It was a tailwind for most of the start. And then once we got up to Fort Romeo, up in the Pyrenees, it was really... Really, really big headwind. Um, I mean, it's always like this when it's super hot, comes up from Spain, so uh, yeah, it was no surprise. So that's just how it is, isn't it? And confidence growing with every day and with every week and now that you spend in this company. Yeah, I mean, realistically, now it's a happy rest day. Hopefully, a beer if I'm allowed. And, uh, <laughs> you can ask Vincent, he's not, not so keen on too many. Uh, and then I guess it's just two real big challenges next week, and then you got the time trial, which is mano mano. So yeah, nice. So there was Ben O'Connor straight after the stage. Um, this performance yesterday, although he didn't gain any time, he also didn't lose any time, and this is, I think, super positive going to the Pyrenees because he's now one of the riders, one of the few riders that. It's 40 seconds away from where he was at his best in the podium position. He's only 40 seconds away from the from the second march, second step of the podium. So given how the Pyrenees are, he can still do it, Ben. He can oh, still, yeah. and not necessarily win. Like, let's not necessarily jump the gun straight away. But that podium is not a false hope whatsoever. No, no, it's totally plausible. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And... Yeah, like you said, the gaps are small. Carapaz at 5.33 sits in fourth. Ben's at 5.58 in fifth. Vingegaard, 5.32. He's one second ahead of Carapaz. Yeah. And Rigoberto Uran, how good is this Colombian? Yes. He is, gee, he's, he's just, um, he's class. He's such a classy, like he's, 
I know we're talking about him and we give him the credit, but it's still like he's underrated. Yeah, it's a crazy. But we thing. don't really hear from him. He too was much. The, yeah, he 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 was the closest rider to Chris Froome. Yep. of his four Grand Tour wins. Yeah, and and there was a chance that he was going to get going to get the better of Froome mm-hmm. uh, on that Marseille TT. Yeah, Froome was w- worried about him. He is such a class act. And he can TT. This is the thing. This is why yeah. for this year. It's actually quite interesting because we, we keep on saying there's the Pyrenees, but there is a, a time trial at the back end the day before Paris. Yeah. And this could be a massive decide. Imagine we arrive in that time trial with these time gaps. Well, imagine, imagine. Like a second between the between imagine third Uran, and fourth. Uran, Rigo, because he, he's riding so smart. Yeah. He's riding so conservatively. And imagine he pulls back three minutes. The Pog in yep. the Pyrenees. The Pog has a bit of a downer a couple of days. Doesn't capitulate. Rigo goes to the TT within two minutes. That It is not out of the question. It's game on. It's game on. Because then you'll see that the Pog is starting to go off the cliff. A bit like last year with Roglic. Yep. So, there is... Yes, you'd rather be Pog and be five minutes in advance. But there are no guarantees in the Tour de France. And if... If you think we're dreaming or kidding or making it up to keep keep we, the suspense we ain't. alive, we ain't. Go back and look at the last yeah. ten years. Yeah. It's, the, it's the other point I wanted us to to chat about is the the case of Ineos. What are Ineos doing? Because you mentioned it before. They and I think you're right. You mentioned they they are, they're applying a bit of an old-fashioned tactics. Yes. And yesterday was a bit of the same, even though it sort of worked a bit because they, they popped a few riders out. But riding tempo on a climb like he was yesterday was never going to pop Pogacar, was never going to no. pop Oran. It was, it was, it was helpful. So for, what, what was the point of that? Yeah, yeah. All I did was ride tempo. And they did it on the second to last climb, yeah. didn't they? That was where they, they rode the tempo. And then I think they led it into the final climb. Um, but that second to last climb wasn't super steep. It was big, wide roads, gradual. A long drag. Up yeah, the hill. and the wind was really buffeting. I don't think the wind made a difference to whether they were on the front or not. But um, but what's the point of that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know the point. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit old-fashioned racing. And what I, what I would have liked to have seen, and this is just my opinion, I would have liked to have seen them wait with their fresh legs because Richie, Richie I thought, was brilliant yesterday. Yeah. But he was on the front early. Garen Thomas was brilliant. I mean, he was super for a guy who's had a really rough tour. Yeah, uh, he's coming good and he's he's riding just professionally. You know, he's he's paying back his teammates for the hard work they've done for him over the years. But imagine if they had have saved Richie G and whoever else was yeah, there. Yeah, Carpas as well for that final that final climb, which was brutal. Which was brutal, and I think Carapaz. I think it would have suited him better. Um, and also especially if he had his teammates and if I may say as well that climb that last climb was brutal but the road was so small as well with so much public on it they could have it's easy to say that but it was possible that they could have sort of let Carapaz go and then sort of slide port in the way of Pogacar yeah, yeah. because of the public yeah 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 all of well, a sudden well you they lo- could have slung, slung shot him at the bottom yeah because it was a narrow entrance so they could have slung. Do you know what Carapaz. I mean? Like with yeah. the public and stuff, like, yeah. and, and straight away take advantage of this. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just that classic. Oh, here we go. Ineos are going to the front. Great. I'll just I can ride tempo on their wheel. Yeah. For the for the Pog for Uran for Vingegaard. Yeah. You know, there was nothing. It's almost uh, they learned. That they need to learn, uh, or they learned how to say thank you very much in all those languages. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
no, I think it's outdated tactics. And Ineos said, they said previously when they lost the tour two years ago or whatever it was, they said, oh, yeah, you know, obviously the, 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 the way racing is, is conducted has changed and we need to reinvent. Well, they haven't reinvented. Yeah. Um, they're, and they're, I'm not criticising the riders. They're, they're riding no, it's great. The, it's the tactics. It's the tactics. So, and the tactic, I believe, would be coming from the director of sport ifs. Yeah. It's a question, so, question, I, question mark here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there is no preview of the stage uh, from tomorrow because guess what? We'll have a, a, a podcast tomorrow just for the, the preview of the stage tomorrow and the week ahead. Uh, what else can we say about this particular stage? What, what was sort of marking for you? Let's look at the other. Let's look at the bottom end yeah. of the peloton, shall we? Uh, so Question um, of Cavendish. Yeah. Has he made the cut? Yes, he at had. 34 minutes and 57 seconds. Important point here. Yeah. He was with all his valued teammates. So yeah. we said that Philippe was Mercou, at the front. De Klerk, Dries Evans. But cool. that is bodyguards. Oh, yeah. And they did this from the word go. That's how they decided to ride. And the main sole target and objective was to get Cav across the line. Yeah. The, that, the green is the, is the massive goal now for the whole so, squad. Yeah, exactly. They the target for the next couple of days will be to get Cav across the line. Yeah, and Alaphilippe's got carte blanche to yeah. go for it, which is fair call. Cav, if he if he can't get across the line with three teammates, he's not yeah. going to he won't get there anyway. Yeah. Um, Nasser Buhani DNF. Yeah, what do well, we know about this? Oh, look, very interesting Nasser Buhani because we we're all thinking, yeah, he's cleaned up his act, he's doing all this. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the guy. Let's start, okay? But I'm not going to just let my thinking go on this just because I'm not a big fan of the guy. But there's been lots and lots, actually, and I'm saying lots, it's not just one or two. There's been many posts on social media yesterday and the day before of Nasser Bouani hanging to a car on Ventoux. But not just hanging for a few meters. Like it looks proper. like the proper ski lift. <laughs> Up the hill. <laughs> so, and uh, NASA, there's no snow. Exactly. The ski so, season's shut, my friend. Uh, apparently, allegedly, from what I've been watching and from what I understand, the media were putting a bit of pressure on Nasser Bouani in that morning to answer the question, why yeah. and what's happening? And why are the commissaires not saying anything? Yeah. Why are you gone this through and the commissaire allegedly saw nothing? But then, yeah, he felt to be rough in the stage and hoppy the sag wagon and then off he goes. Early day. And, so, he, and he pulled out early, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, str uh, intermediate sprint and then finished. Yeah. So he was in a rough pattern uh, in terms of performance. He was probably never going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like in the French media, they were like, well, quite an easy way to not answer questions as well. Yes, and so they're now down to three, is yeah. that right? So Arkea is now a team of three with wow. Quintana at the forefront. So as much as I like any other rider, from now, I'll say it now, I'd love Quintana to win the Polkado jersey yeah. just because. Or even a stage win and would a stage be great. Yeah. Arkea's never, ever won a stage win at the Tour. Yeah, never. and this is another thing. We talk about the importance, say, of the American victory, and this is important for Arkea. Yeah. They've had a rough tour. They haven't. They haven't by any means had a terrible tour. They've been active. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll but they lost that. like Warren Bargill. Yeah. He's not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a very rough tour. He's fallen three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. Crashes. They've had their fair share of yeah. bad luck and and all that. So, but with three riders, how much would it give the sponsors joy yeah. if they if they nailed something um, in the next few days? And it's possible. It's possible with Quintana. 
Definitely. Um, he's been riding quite well. Yeah. Yes. Look, he was sixth on the stage yesterday. He couldn't go with the winning move, but he's been doing this on multiple days. Yeah. So he's racing hard. That's So I'll watch, watch out for Quintana in the next couple of days. Yeah. I and the, the other one, our old mate, Edvald Bison-Hagen, yes. one of the champions of cycling, you know, in previous years, outside the time limit. Yep. He was one hour nine behind. Tough day. So he had a, I saw a social media post by him. He had. A, he just said the heat, the climbing. He just wasn't firing on any cylinders by the looks of it. Credit to him. He's ridden in. He, you know, for a guy who's won stages at yeah. the tour, he's won a lot of big races. Um, yeah, he didn't he, go in the sag wagon. He didn't jump in the sag wagon. He finished the stage one at thirty, nearly forty minutes behind Cav. Yeah. So he's had a real shocker, and he's out of the race. So that's yeah. a shame for him and for Team Total Energy. He's another, you know, sort of key rider lost. Yeah, I think that's about. It in a, in the race or what we can I say think about so. this? I think so. I think I uh, think yeah. With you know all all the other yeah. That's for the sort of front. Quick mention of the Giro Donne. Yeah. Uh, and the mention I want to give is of course to Amanda Spratt. She decided to retire to the race from the race the day early, and I think it's wise. Yeah. I think that was a wise move because she was never going to win this race anyway. Yeah. And it was just an extra day of a Queen stage, of a very painful yeah. stage. And she said she had a painful day just to yeah. get through the Queen stage. So. Yeah, there was actually probably no point of her doing this. So now it's reset time. Yeah. Objective target Tokyo. Yeah, and the and on from what I on memory, Olympics start in eleven days, and the road race generally is the last event. Yeah. So that's two weeks. So she's got three and a half weeks to recover and get prepped. So yeah, I'm with you. Smart move by your spready if you're listening, and she knows that, and obviously the team around her know that. And and look, Grace Brown similar. Yeah. Thing uh, she didn't break anything in her crash, but Grace is a big, big chance in the TT, mm-hmm. and she'll be a she'll play a big role in the road race, and she's a, potentially a joint leader in the road race as well. Yeah. So both those riders are key for us at the at, at the Olympics. Olympics yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Michael. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your rest day, and then I will oh, yeah. see you uh, tomorrow morning for the preview of uh, the, the the week ahead, oh, yeah. the third week ahead. Oh yeah, it's and a big week. It's a beauty. Yeah. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, uh, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word on our sponsor, Zwift. I have the privilege of interviewing cycling greats Matthew Vanderpool and Geraint Thomas, both of whom use Zwift as part of their training program. They've even done a few races on Zwift, and you can too. There are races for all levels, with new events starting every five minutes. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully, I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.